It is, it's me, it's TRG, the Ramblin' Gambler. I'm a vest-wearing, ring-bearing, son-of-a-son-of-a-salesman. Woo! Casino gambling is my side hustle, and this is our Casino Combat Podcast. Okay, that was probably gimmick infringement, but I will take a receipt or a restraining order from Richard LaFleur any day. Let's try to avoid me getting sued over this podcast, and then we will get to the good stuff. Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary persons, Ziggy Stardust, and the Spiders from Mars, this podcast discusses casinos and gambling. Do not gamble with money you cannot afford to lose. Do not gamble with money you need to pay your bills. My past performances are not indicative of anyone's future results, including my own. If you have a gambling problem, contact your local problem gambling hotline. If you do not know the phone number for your local problem gambling hotline, send an email to help at casinocombat.com. We will find that number for you. We will make that available to you. Everything I'm going to share with you in this podcast is based in fact. Names and dates have been altered to protect the innocent and the guilty. Minor items unrelated to outcomes may be omitted in the interest of brevity and clarity. Okay, welcome to episode 23, everyone. First, a little bit of a clarification. I got a note this week from a listener who is looking for the casino chips in the podcast. And they can't find any pot, P-O-T, culture references. <laughs> so I got a chuckle out of that. That's pretty funny. Sorry, not a trained broadcaster. Things like that are going to happen. I should have enunciated properly. And I didn't. That's on me. Casino, <laughs> casino chips are... Pop, P-O-P, culture references, not pot, P-O-T, culture references. So these pop culture references are scattered throughout the podcast. We call them casino chips. In the VIP lounge, at the end of every episode, I'll tell you how many you can find in the episode. If you think you can find that many, feel free to email me via trg at casinocombat.com. Combat spelled with a K, of course. One of us will be happy to confirm and or correct your information as requested. I think we're going to start a wall of fame on the website and list, kind of like a high score on a video game, the first person to find all of them in each episode. Also, if any of you are like our golden fan and you're trying to follow the clues and figure out where my home casino is, you are looking for the name of the casino I describe as Casino 2. We've been going there since episode three, so you have plenty of material to work with. But to help out a little more, the team and I are posting visual clues on social media. And I'm actually doing the Instagram myself, uh, which is surprising. And Billy and with the great last name and T-Rex, they're taking care of the, the other parts for me with just, I text them pictures and they take care of the rest. All our social media links are at the top of the main page on the website. So in air quotes, follow us on social media to get those clues as well. The first 10 people to figure out which casino is my home casino will receive a unique one-of-a-kind custom for them t-shirt or polo and be named a founding member of the Casino Combat Inner Circle. I'm hoping post-pandemic we can do some group meetups and that kind of thing. <laughs> okay, well, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. I literally just got an email while laying out this episode of the podcast. It is now official. The golden fan, the queen of the inner circle, first to the ring, is the first person to figure out where my home casino is. She's the first member of the casino combat inner circle. If you want to join her, follow the clues, send your guesses to trg at casinocombat.com. So we didn't do any core concepts 
last episode, we were doing gambling with Gabriel instead. This episode, I'm going to dive into an aspect of the extreme casinoing part of the side hustle in the core concept segment. We're going to talk about last week's casino wisdom a second time, mostly because I regard this as reality podcasting, and I had a bit of a revelation related to this this week. I traveled a bunch this week, and I'll share the observations and outcomes, mostly in the travel segment, and a little bit mixed in along the way. In the VIP lounge today, I have a story about not only meeting, but also playing blackjack with a legitimate pair of Hollywood celebrities. So here we go. A Casino Combat Core Concept Segment. So about six months ago, I wrote the core concepts of Casino Combat. They are, learn a game where the house has a minimum advantage over the player. Learn a wagering system with both progressive and regressive components. Have a bankroll of money you can afford to lose that is large enough to support the wagers you are going to make. Have and use a player's card. Every time you gamble, try to win a manageable amount of money and leave. If you lose roughly two-thirds of what you started the table with, leave. Repeat this with the goal of winning the month, not the table or the day. Usually you will finish with a winning month, but if you don't, keep the losses small and make it up with comps and gifts. Literally, if the house just keeps winning, you're going to have a wild card up your sleeve. You get to keep the comps and the gifts. In today's core concept segment, I want to look at aspects of having a player's card and making things up with comps and gifts. The intersection of these two core concepts form the extreme couponing, or as I coined the phrase, extreme casinoing aspects of casino combat. As we've discussed, a player's card is used to record points and points become imaginary casino money and tier status within a casino system. Tier status within a casino system determines some of the comps and gifts that we receive as players. Comps, gifts, and imaginary money is where we make up for minor losing months when they happen. Well, and by holding a portion of larger winnings set aside to offset some of those future losses. So I wanted to talk today about ways of maximizing the tier credits you receive without gambling. Did you know you can earn tier credits without gambling? Now it depends on the property. And maybe this isn't true at some small places. Look, I haven't been everywhere. I've never gambled, for instance, in Iowa or North Dakota. I've never gambled in Singapore or Monte Carlo. So if these aren't true where you are, sorry about that. But generally speaking... In the big national casinos, there are ways that you can get comps without actually using real money. And let's look at some examples of that. Suppose you are only at the second tier in the Caesars system. Depending on where and how you reach that tier status, that's enough to get comped weeknights at several of the Caesars properties in on the Strip in Las Vegas. But you're going to have to pay the resort fees at the second tier. But as long as you make sure the front desk has your player's club number on file, which just means show your player's card when you check in, you will get tier credits for every dollar spent to pay the resort fees. Currently, a four-night stay in Las Vegas will earn you 740 tier credits just from paying for the resort fees alone. Look, ideally, I'd rather not pay resort fees. 
but 740 tier credits is about 15% of the tier credits needed to move from tier 2 to tier 3. That's a nice chunk. Look, the next step in this is putting this information to work. And the way you do that is you charge to your room anything you do at a Caesars property rather than paying cash from winnings or paying with a debit card or a credit card. Drinks at the pool, room charges. Sunglasses from the gift shop, room charge. Meal in a restaurant, even if it's six bucks for a breakfast sandwich, room charge. Even if you pay off the room charges with cash from winnings at the end of your stay, you still get tier credits for what you spent. You just have to record the spending when you do it by using your card and charging it to your room. Points for something you were going to do anyway is a riskless way to acquire tier credits. So that's a good start to things. But let's look at a much more advanced way to manipulate the process using this information. So if it's me, right? I check into the hotel. I booked the comp via the casino website. So they have my player's card on file, but I'm going to ask and check with them anyway, just to be sure. I charge everything to my room during my stay. Once again, things I was going to do anyway. I'm not spending unnecessarily to get tier credits, but I'm going to get tier credits for everything I was going to do while I was there. When I get ready to check out, I speak with an executive host. I ask them to see if there are any room charges that they're willing to, to comp. And depending on how big your play was, and depending on other situations, they may comp some, they may comp nothing, they may pick and choose, or they may comp a few things and be willing to subtract imaginary money from your account to cover the charges. Regardless of how all that shakes out, in my experience, you still get tier credits for everything you charge to the room. Whatever still do, you get them to charge to your credit or debit card, even if you have won enough to pay the balance. Because if you plan this out, you are paying with a credit card that gives you points and cash back based on what you spend. Maybe you're even using the casino's credit card, which gives you tier or reward credits for what you spend. So you spend, you get credits. It goes on the credit card, you get credits. Then you pay off the credit card with money you won in the casino. So this is spending, generating casino points and imaginary money, which provide tier status and imaginary money and comps and gifts. And then the credit card company gives you cash back. And then ideally you go to your local bank and pay off the charges with cash you won. I understand it may sound complicated, but after you've done it once or twice, it just becomes second nature. It just becomes the way you handle that part of your casino experience. It's one of those little tricks that unless you really dig into how the big chains run their properties, or unless someone explains it to you, you can miss it entirely. And I am not taking credit for being some genius that dug in and figured this out. Somebody taught me this years and years and years ago, and I've just tried to use it as much as possible since. Our Casino Wisdom this week is a different take on our Casino Wisdom from last week. Last week, we discussed the walking Wikipedia-inspired Casino Wisdom number 67. Emotional control is perhaps the most important casino skill. Don't play in a negative emotional situation. That is excellent advice. 
I am glad the walking Wikipedia reminded me of it. And I certainly stand by it. It is the right thing. It's a thing that a, a beginner, an intermediate person, somebody that hasn't thought of it, it's better to teach them than to, to, to let them figure it out for themselves. At least I think it is. Why not give people a heads up? But I had an experience this week that I want to share because this casino wisdom was on my mind as it happens. This all could have gone in the travel segment, but I want it to stand alone as an expansion of casino wisdom number 67. There's a My Choice property about two hours west of where I live, and I've got a customer in that direction. I'm self-employed. I got a customer in almost every direction. So I stopped at this My Choice property during the week because I had a bunch of different promotions that were stacking up. Um, you know, I had the your old promotion to go with thank you for being here promotion to go with the it's almost Thanksgiving, you need some slot play promotion. Um, <laughs> whatever. Um, the first couple tables, I hit negative exits pretty quickly. So when I got to table three, I didn't need to win everything back, but I needed to win enough back that a table four was justified. And after just a few minutes at the table, I'm up a few units. I'm, I'm up three, four bets. And a gentleman joins the table. He's got a strategy card in his hand, clearly self-printed and laminated, but a proper strategy chart. And he's got his mask down around his chin. And his first hand is a pair of sixes. And the dealer's up card was a four. Now, the correct basic strategy play for this hand is to split the sixes into two hands. And the correct play for a total of 12 that isn't a pair of sixes is to stand. The new member of the table, without consulting his strategy card, decides to hit rather than split or stand. And mentally, I'm screaming, why bother to carry the card if you're not going to use it? Look, I mean no disrespect to the gentleman, but the next few hands were like playing blackjack with an eight-year-old. The dealer, obviously very familiar with his guest, spoke very slowly to explain each hand and all the available choices. The guest never consulted his strategy chart and to my eye made very random choices. And I'm feeling it. I'm feeling the negative. I'm feeling the anger. I'm feeling the resentment. I'm, I'm feeling all of that, the frustration with the slow play. And so I'm starting to collect my stuff and, and, and I'm going to get up and leave the situation, which is good advice. And that's my normal behavior. And that's why this casino wisdom exists. But I thought, you know, what he's doing really isn't impacting you. You know that. You know the math of all this. You are having success. Why can't you control your emotions and play until a normal positive or negative exit point occurs? Look, I like a challenge, and even if it's only me challenging myself. So I put an effort into ignoring the negatives and just playing my game, looking at the art on the walls and the decorations. I managed to keep my mouth mostly shut and my emotions mostly under control. He eventually left the table and a good bit of time later, I hit an exit point on the positive side and it erased almost all my losses at the previous two tables. A comeback I might have missed if I had left the table because of my emotions. So I support the idea of recognizing casino situations that create negative emotions for you and I support not being in those situations if that's the best you can do. And that's a lot. It's a heck of a lot to have enough self-awareness to realize how you're feeling, to realize it's a problem for you, and getting up. Big accomplishment. You know, that's a skill. It really is a solid casino skill. But I'm also going to say, 
that the next step is realizing you're in a situation that makes you angry, sad, mad, frustrated, whatever it is, and managing to control or eliminate those emotions for yourself. That's, for me, a very advanced move and not one I am trying to tell you I have mastered. But I managed to do it once, so maybe I can do it twice. And there is nothing special about me, so if I can do it once or twice, maybe other people can do it once or twice too, and that's why I'm sharing. Let's do the travel segment, and I'll share the rest of the results for the week. I stopped at my local casino early in the week and grabbed a crock pot and some free money from the free slot play they provided. And I was able to get a seat at a blackjack table and managed a, you know, a nice win, you know, just a little less than a day's pay. As I was sharing earlier, I managed to survive my trip west that started with a couple losing tables and ultimately I exited the building with a small profit. Very small, but a profit nonetheless, not enough to put a quantity on. We didn't have any plans to travel as a couple over the weekend, so I did a long casino route toward the end of the week. Before I start running through this, let me talk about how I'm using casino routes. I've said from early in the podcast that Casino 1 and Casino 2 form a casino cluster because they're close to each other. In one trip, you can benefit at both properties. Maybe a meal and slot play at one and a room, table play, and a gift at the other. Recently, I've realized that I can expand this concept beyond clusters to casino routes, almost like a delivery route, but I'm picking up, not dropping off. Obviously, this depends on geography, but if it's an option for you, this is more of the extreme casinoing aspect of casino combat. So I did this route over about 28 hours, starting from a client's parking lot that's halfway to Casino 1. I stopped at the nearby MGM property that is near my client and on the way to Casino 1 and our home casino, and picked up free cash from free slot play. And I really love this place more and more. I stopped in months ago after visiting the client to play a few dollars as a way to keep my MGM points from expiring, just to throw a little action on there. I lost a little less than $40. But now every week, when I'm headed over that way anyway, I stop in and I have between $15 and $30 of free slot play. And I carry out some money. I did a quick review of my notes, and since that day of losing almost $40, I've taken way over $125 in free money out of this little slot place. Walk in, play my free play, use no money of my own, and walk back out in 10 minutes. Bonus, I started this route by using a $10 gas card that was a casino gift, knowing that I would need to top things off, but not wanting to use a second card and keep track of a partial balance on that second card. What I had never noticed was at this little casino, this little MGM casino by my client, they have a car wash and a gas station. And my player's card gave me an extra nickel a gallon off my gas. So I went ahead and filled up the rest of what I hadn't done earlier in the morning um, with a gas card, which was a casino gift. So some of the free money went into the tank to continue the trip. Extreme casinoing is extreme casinoing. So back on the road with a few more dollars. I moved on to the My Choice Slots property that is also on this route. Again, roughly three months ago, Mrs. TRG and I each used the slot strategy we have been testing to make enough money for a tank of gas one Sunday afternoon because we were just passing it coming home from Casino One. We got some My Choice points, and now most of the time when we travel through the area, we have some free slot play that becomes free money via TRG Slot Strategy One. 
eventually it'll stop or it'll get so small that it won't be really worth doing. And we will just play again with a few dollars, hopefully winning, but maybe losing. And then this property will repeat for months and months, kicking out free money. I finished for the day at Casino One with a comp room. I had a nice long grind at a set of blackjack tables, reminiscing with some old friends I ran into from, you know, over a decade ago. I lost some, I won some, and finished with a profit after expenses of just less than a day's pay. And for whatever reason, I woke up earlier than normal and I was checking the new My Choice app on my phone, which they just released earlier in the week, and I had, or thought I had, free slot play and a table bet at our home casino, which is, as you know, just a short drive away. Well, sometimes education requires mistakes. It's a new app, new to me, new to the world, and I was reading it wrong and seeing offers for a different property that we visited over 4th of July, which is actually in a completely different state. It's actually a couple states away. Um, so, so I decided since I had made the trip, I would earn a few points, ideally winning a little money. Ideally didn't happen and I dented the win from the previous day a little bit. I finished by stopping at my home casino on the way to home base back to my house because they had a really nice set of Bluetooth over the ear headphones for me and some free slot play. Five casinos in less than 28 hours. I got a fair amount of comps, free stuff, free money, had a brief visit with Gabriel, but ultimately a loss and spend of just less than a day's pay for the trip. I'm certain if I took the rack rate, the official full rate for the comp room and the headphones real retail price, this was still a winning trip, but barely. And from a bankroll point of view, it was a losing trip, offsetting some wins earlier in the month. But I had a lot of fun, had a lot of fun moments, and you, you can't hit home runs every time. I mean, there's a reason you're trying to win the month not the table or the day or the week, because you're going to have some ebbs and flows. Then you're going to have some losing months once in a while. It's the fun along the way and the lifestyle that, that should make it all worthwhile and make it a positive part of your life, not a negative part of your life. So let's head to the VIP lounge. I have a story about some movie and TV stars I played blackjack with several years ago. A little bit of the bubbly. Our virtual lounge is open, and the great thing about our lounge being virtual is that it can be decorated any way we want, and no elected officials can shut it down. So come on in, sparkling and still water, artisanal pop, handcrafted sodas, all the best virtual bottles. I had a blood orange martini recently that I really enjoyed. I think that's what I'm going to pour, and it'll be excellent because I have excellent virtual pour skills even for things that I had no idea what was supposed to be in them. Uh, before I start this story, um, I always want to be careful on these because please don't hear this story and think I did anything special or anything of that nature. In my experience, stuff like this does just randomly happen and it's just how you react to it. But I don't want you to listen to the story and think, oh, he was in the VIP room. He was in the high limit room playing big fancy hands. No, this story that I'm about to share happened on the main floor of a casino at a $15 blackjack table. And admittedly, parts of this story shine a less than complimentary light on, on your host. But if you can't laugh at yourself, what's the point? So I'm in a casino in a major city, and it's it's several years ago, and I'm playing with a gentleman who had had a few. By which I mean, I had a few, and he had a bunch more than me 
before we sat down together. But we'd been joking and laughing for a, a shoe or shoe and a half, two shoes, you know, 30 minutes. And an old, older gentleman, you know, with uh, um, partially balding and long gray hair joins us. And there's a, a group of people, a group of young people walking behind us. And my intoxicated friend leans over and whispers to me, I thought George Carlin had passed away. And we had a laugh about it because, yeah, I got the reference. You know, our new table pal did look a little similar to George Carlin, the, the, the late great comedian, you know, rest his soul. Um, so I laughed along with the joke and this group of young people get three or four steps past our table and then they stop and they turn around and they come back and, and they ask this gentleman for an autograph and a picture. And and this older gray-haired gentleman is is happy to oblige. And so I, I say to the guy next to me, once again, as I said, I'd had a couple. And I look at him and I go, now nah, you did it. Now the kids think George Carlin is really in the casino. And we had a laugh over that. And, and then we met our, our new table mate. And he turns out to be a fun, friendly guy. But people keep stopping and they're asking for autographs, which was also all fine. But clearly, this is someone who is legit famous. And I'm just out of the loop. I just don't know who he is or why I should know who he is. But having said that, situations like this have happened just often enough to me that when it happens again, if the other person doesn't introduce themselves, even if I know who they are, which in this case I didn't, I pretend I don't. And I just treat them like any other blackjack player. So we're having fun, a round of shots are ordered, and a woman and a, and a younger gentleman join us, and they're clearly a trio this is the trio of, of famous friends, right? It's our famous friend that we don't know who he is. And then this this lovely lady and, and a younger gentleman, they're obviously together. But new friend vouches for us, says we're good people, says we won't be a problem, and we're all just having fun together. As I said, I'd had a few before I sat down and other people had bought a couple rounds of shots. So while my blackjack skills were fine, some of my other skills are probably less than 100% at this point. So I realize who the woman on my right looks like, which means I think I know who she is and not my best judgment, but we'd been talking about a variety of things. And I say, trying to be clever, do people ever tell you you resemble the actress in the movie Biodome? And it's just barely out of my mouth and I feel like a complete fool. I mean, I didn't pick Chasing Amy. I didn't pick Big Daddy. I picked Biodome. <laughs> Biodome, Polly Shore movie. Blame it on the alcohol. But I had just asked the lovely, gracious, talented Joey Lauren Adams, who I love in everything she has been in, by the way, about a pretty obscure film from her resume. But as I said, lovely and gracious, she smiled and said, yes, I, I hear that once in a while. Um, so we reached the end of the shoe. And um, she and the gentleman who looks like George Carlin that I know is famous but don't know who he is go to the bar for more drinks. And the young man who's with them, and I'm now sorting out he's a manager or a PR person or a security guy. I mean, he didn't look like security, but he, he's a something, right? He, he's, so he says, guys, guys, you do know it's really them, right? And I had enough wits to go, sure, no, sure. Do they want us to act like fans and, and get all about all this kind of stuff? We can make a big deal about things. We can do that. And he's like, no, no, they actually really appreciate how cool you're being about everything and not making a big deal. But I, I just wanted to make sure you knew. So long story short, eventually Miss Adams and the manager decide to wrap things up. And now Scott Wilson, who played Herschel in The Walking Dead, amongst other roles, and who is in town for a Comic-Con, 
he's unleashed. He is released. He is, he's ready to go and ready to roar. And apparently he was throttling himself back to not upset Mrs. Adams is my assumption. He didn't say that. But money is out of his pocket on the table. His bet doubles in size. And his one hand he is playing becomes two or three hands. Wonderful gentleman. Solid player. But every single time something went well for anyone at the table, and keep in mind, we're playing five hands at this point. He's playing through my friend. He's playing three. Sorry. He's playing three. My friend is playing one. I'm playing one. So we're playing five hands. And anytime anything good happens, it's got to be a fist bump all the way around the table for everybody. Um, but as I said, wonderful person, solid player. Um, my intoxicated friend and I kind of became his his handlers we got really good at telling people when they wanted autographs or photos that that he'd be happy to do that but they needed to wait for the end of the shoe and the floor staff let us know that we had to set up the pictures so that there wasn't going to be felt uh, from the table in the picture because that was a copyright issue and it all just became an integrated thing and it was great to kind of be on the inside and and see how all that went uh, it ended up just being a blast. We played for several hours. I probably took an Uber home. Hope I took an Uber home. Um, but it ended up just being a group of, they just ended up being a trio of just wonderful, down-to-earth, genuine, fun people. And when Mr. Wilson passed away a few years ago, you know, I, I got to sit with that memory a little bit. And uh, that was wonderful. Just a, a truly unique experience. And when I say unique... I mean, I also have a story about a quarterback, and of course we had the LeBron James story, and, and we've had these other moments throughout, you know, my years in casinos that happened just randomly because I was in a casino, and that's one of the parts I love about this as well. I hope you stuck with me here till the end. There are still some casino chips coming up between now and the end of the podcast. I think there are 12 casino chips to be found in total across this area, and that doesn't include any of this walking dead chasing amy those aren't references that's just me repeating facts as they occurred you're looking for stuff a little more obscure than that tip your waitresses tip your bartenders tip your dealers if you have a great session and you use stuff that i've talked about and it helped you you can tip your casino coach go to anchor.fm slash casino combat spell combat with a k and there's a, a a button there for donating i have spoken everything you heard here is true from a certain point of view I'm leaving. I hope you understand. I was born a rambling man. If you have questions, send them to questions at CasinoCombat.com. If you have techniques to share, send it to what I do at CasinoCombat.com. Don't forget, we spell combat with a K. That's it. Love it. Hate it. It don't matter. Please share with your family and friends. Goodbye, everyone.